four minutes after two o'clock. It's a sad, sad day today. And in the background, you can hear the tragically hip. I think today we not only lost Gord Downey, but really it is the end of the tragically hip as they worry. You, you can't continue on with Gord without Gord. Um, you know, and I woke up and heard the news like everyone else. And I thought, this is it. This is the event, Chris Creston, where we will all remember where we were when we heard the news that Gord Downey died. As as Canadians, I think we all come together and, and we all mourn, whether you were a Tragically Hip fan or you just admired Gord for the work that he was doing in, in the final year of his life with, uh, you know, the rights of Indigenous people. You know, and it's a sad day. I know you saw the last, you caught the... Uh, the, the last show at uh, the ACC, which was uh, a great moment. But, you know, I'll always remember the show I saw in Massey Hall years before. Um, but yeah, I definitely do remember. I, I think I saw it the moment that the tweet went out. I was just scrolling through social media and saw it and said just now. And uh, I didn't want to play any particular tune because that would be the first song that I heard after he died. So I just hit shuffle on their Greatest Hits album. Cordelia popped on. And I thought to myself, I can't be sad when I've got so much great music up on the shelf. I can only be thankful and grateful for the fact that he was alive. I can't be sad for his death. Well, that's an interesting way to look at it, because that's not the way our prime minister looked at it. I'm joined now by Alan Cross from the Ongoing History of New Music and, of course, our uh, sister station, 102.1 The Edge. Alan, you know, I've said this before, and it be, kind of became a, a running gag a little bit, although it's a, it's a dark one, uh, that I only talk to you when people uh, of uh, musical importance pass. And today, we're not just talking about somebody that um, was musically important. I think this is, this is a bigger day. This is a day where uh, a very important Canadian has passed. Yeah, it's like the head of state dying. Uh, I mean, we had our prime minister come out in tears um, saying, you know, we have lost a great Canadian. Uh, you know, how do you, it, it's really hard to explain this outpouring of grief and affection and remembrance for a musician, a rock musician. And we understand it as Canadians, but the rest of the world's going to look at us and go, what? Really? Seriously? Yeah, I was thinking that. when It's funny that you say that, because I was thinking that when I saw the prime minister crying, I thought, well, that's odd, because does he not realize the rest of the world's going to go, is he crying for a rock musician? But I want to play a little bit of what Justin Trudeau said, and then I want to you know, jump off that with our first question. Uh, have a listen. We are less as a country without Gord Downey in it. You know, he was he was visibly upset when he was uh, in Parliament today uh, saying that. But, Alan, uh, you know, Chris and I were talking about it. We would argue we are more of a country. Uh, we are more Canadian because we had Gord Downey, you know, shining a light on not only us historically, but geographically. And uh, he put news stories into uh, music and really let us know who we were. So maybe you could speak to the importance of Gord Downey, not only as a Canadian, but also as a musician. Well, as a history teacher, I mean, you would listen to a song like Courage, and who is Hugh McClellan? You would listen to Bob Cajun, where's that? You would listen to Wheat Kings and think about all the things that went along with that song. You would listen to 38 Years Old and maybe be introduced to the story of David Milgar. There is going to be, if there isn't already, an undergraduate course in Canadian history as taught through Tragically Hip Lyrics. Good point. This is something that was very uncool for a very long time. CanCon was considered to be the analogous to, to broccoli. You know, you had it because it was good for you and because it was good for the country. And for 
a number of years after the Canadian content rules were introduced in uh, 1971, we put up with Canadian music as if it were broccoli. Mm. But what this did, this was not only a cultural uh, policy. And again, we live next door to the largest exporter of popular culture in the world. So we had to build some kind of bulwark against being, you know, Kardashianized. Although we didn't know that was coming, but anyway. Uh, so we had uh, all kinds of cultural quotas put in, including Canadian content on the radio. What this did was create, this was actually an industrial policy, because not only did it inf- foster the growth of musicians, but also of the infrastructure required to support an industry in music. Uh, recording studios, venues, managers, producers, record labels, all these things. And we had a really rough time for the first 15 years because we were basically starting from scratch. But by the time you get to the middle and late 80s, things are starting to really, really progress. We're starting to put out some world-class rock bands. There were some before then, but many of them had to leave the country to find success. But then towards the end of the 80s and into the 90s, you had this huge crop of bands that were really, really, really good and were embraced by Canadians, not because they were Canadian, but because they were good. And the Tragically Hip was at the forefront of that can rock renaissance renaissance that we still talk about today. But when you talk about the the uh, rock bands, you know, that started out as, you know, Tragically Hip started out as a, a band at Queens, right? A, you know, a university band, a pub band, uh, you know, that college band doing the college tour. But so did Spirit of the West. You know, what was it that you think, when was the moment that uh, we went, no, this is no longer a college band. This is our Canadian band. I would suggest it had to do with the hard rockin', beer-drinkin', partying, blue-collar attitude of the hip and the sound of their music, and uh, the fact that they also sang with a heart and a brain. Mm. So you had three separate elements going into what the hip was. The music, the thinking man's lyrics, and the passion at which all those things came together. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I also think that they were largely responsible for bringing back the outdoor concerts. I remember being in in high school and saying, gosh, I wish there were things like outdoor festivals. And they brought back, you know, the festival circuit, at least in Canada, with another roadside attraction. Well, another roadside attraction was part of a a huge um, wave of outdoor events that happened in the the 90s. Again, Mm -hmm. these were, you know, Our Lady Peace had something called Somersault. um, Sarah McLaughlin had something called uh, Lilith Fair. Uh, we had Edgefest for the for the longest time, and a lot of these festivals were populated by Canadian bands, and uh, it was just this this thing to do. I mean, there was so much money to be made doing this that when the Hip created another roadside attraction, it was just another traveling caravan that went for a couple of years and that people absolutely loved. It allowed them to try something that they'd never done before. It allowed them to bring their their favorite pans on tour with them and it allowed them to play places into crowds that they wouldn't otherwise have been able to play. I think uh, it's interesting. We should mention that he did have quite a, a rich solo career, uh, Gord Downey. Uh, you know, I'm wondering about this solo album that's coming out on October 27th, Introduce Yourself. The sound is very different. It seems to me that Gord Downey in this last year, you know, when he knew that uh, death was just around the corner, uh, you know, he took stock of things and he really I think he's he really is going to show us the artist that he's always wanted to show us. And we've had glimpses of. But I I don't know that this is going to be one of those um, commercially accessible pieces of work. But I think it's going to be an important piece of work. Where do you sit on this uh, 
this album that we're just, you know, we're just being introduced to this solo work. I think you're absolutely right. This, uh, he says that this upcoming album is, consists of nothing but about two dozen songs, each inspired by a real person. So we are going to pour over this record because it was recorded, uh, well, the, the recording was finished in February. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, I guess, had been working on some of these songs for for quite some time. It was put off for the Man Machine Poem Tour, put off for the Secret Path uh, Tour, and an album. And uh, now, when that record comes out next week, we're going to look. You know, these songs, these words are going to have so much impact. Again, mm-hmm. not a, not going to be a commercial success. Well, I don't, I don't, we don't, I don't know. Maybe it will. It's be. not going to be played. Probably, it doesn't have that uh, sound that radio is going to gravitate to. But just like David well, Bowie's stuff, Black Star, his, yeah, his solo stuff never did. Right. Uh, it was it was more you know things that he had inside him that he had to get out. Right. And that's what this record is. And there may be some songs on here that turn into hits. Who knows? Because again, the landscape changes when somebody dies. Well, and you know, let's just uh, like, do we have that clip available? Space. Let's just play a little bit of uh, this. is from a solo album forthcoming. It's called "Introduce Yourself." Kevin Drew, by the way, is involved in this. once again referencing James Bay Allen and and the North and uh, you know it sounds beautiful but it doesn't sound like anything you're going to hear you know and then a DJ comes off the back and then says you know that's you know introduce yourself uh, Gord Downey's solo album but it really it strikes me as something that we're once again Gord Downey is going to put us in a place where we're reflecting on ourselves it's a very I find that I listen to um, the Tragically Hips music most it sounds odd when I'm alone driving in a car well, here's what Gord would have learned, um, how to do it by David Bowie. Mm. Bowie knew he was dying. Yep. Bowie wanted to go out on his own terms. Bowie created the Black Star album. Gord Downey knew he was dying, and I, you just got to know that he wanted to go out on his own terms as well. So that's what's going to make this new album so very interesting. What is he going to tell us about who he was what he loved, what he feared, and what he hoped for. Yeah, well, the nation definitely mourns. I mean, it is a huge loss, but I think the country is better for having Gord Downey in it. Thanks for joining us, Alan. I appreciate it. Here's what I would say. This Mm -hmm. goes back to an old Dr. Seuss thing. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened.